This is Inside Work. My name is Robert. Today's episode is a little bit different. I recently returned from a trip to Singapore and India and met with some ServiceNow people who live and work in those places. It was really an incredible experience. But what's even more incredible is that we're going to be launching a new travel video series that documents what life is like for ServiceNow people all over the world. We'll take you through their cities, into their homes, to their favorite restaurants, and we'll visit some ServiceNow offices too. So today on the podcast, I'll share some stories from the trip with Nick and Amy, and I'll tell you where you can go to get a sneak peek of the new video series. Well, this is pretty exciting because Nick, you'll be in The Hague, right? Oh, yeah? Yes, I will. Ooh, do I sense a party coming on? Guess who else is going to be there? (laughs) Oh, nice. You're going to be there too? Uh, Yep, I'm going. And guess who else is going to be there? Oh, yeah. It's Cameron. Nice. if, If you've listened to the podcast before, you hear me say at the end of each episode, Cameron is our audio engineer. Well, that's mm-hmm. Cameron. How's oh, it nice. going, Cameron? Good. Spicy. That's spicy. <laughs> that's, that's, if you spend enough time with Cameron, you'll learn that that is his favorite word. Um, and what about you, Cameron? What kind of energy are you bringing to the conversation today? Just overall spiciness, you know, just, just doing good. Cameron is basically, since we got back from the trip, um, you know, he's, he's attended his best friend's wedding that was like, got off the plane, went to a wedding (laughs) when he came back from India. I attended Um, physically. I don't know if I was there per se, (laughs) but it was fun. It was good. You, you, you don't remember the event, but when you watch the, the video and see the photos, you'll know that you were there. Exactly. Exactly. It was a beautiful, blessed day. I'm sure. (laughs) And we don't usually hear from Cameron. Cameron's usually behind the scenes helping to give the podcast its sound and adding music and helping with the editing process. But I invited Cameron to be a part of the conversation today because we're embarking on something new and really exciting here. And so Cameron and I have just returned from India and Singapore, and we spent roughly a week in each place and got to really spend some time with our colleagues and get to know how they live and you know what what they love to do outside of work and get to know their families a little bit but also see what our offices are like there and what the office culture is like in those locations and i mean i couldn't be more grateful for the experience one that i even got to do it in the first place but two the just astounding hospitality and warmth of our colleagues i mean we just happened to meet some really amazing people, but I think in general, there were many, many more amazing people that we didn't get to meet. Um, it's just great, great people and a really great experience. That's awesome. And were you uh, doing recordings for the podcast or was this unrelated? Well, that's the fun. That's the fun thing is, is we're, we're starting something new. Um, we're starting a video series mm. that will... I guess the best way to describe it would be like a video travel series where we go and see the way that our colleagues live and work around the world. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's it 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 really was um, an amazing experience, and you know, surprising in a lot of ways. And I mean, the best way that I can sum it up, which is 
sort of paradoxical to say this, but I was amazed at how different we are. And I was amazed at how the same we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm describing this as, as Anthony Bourdain, like mm-hmm. I say, I stressed like, because, you know, I don't necessarily, I think there's a darkness to Anthony Bourdain that we don't necessarily need to go, but I, I, in some of what I've seen you guys doing, it does have that feel like, you know, like, unlike some of the other traveled food shows that seem very polished. I, I always loved about no reservations. Um, I love that it just seemed like him mm-hmm. and like whoever's carrying the camera, even though he had, you know, probably more than that. Totally. Yeah. It's like halfway. I feel like what we're doing is halfway in between Anthony Bourdain style TV series and a, and a travel vlog. Mm-hmm. It, it still has that intimacy and that raw sort of spontaneous nature to it where, you know, it, and it really is like stuff will just happen and I'll have the camera on me and just turn it on and capture the moment. And it's just stuff you can't script, you know, you can't pre-plan that. It just happens. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, it was really the beauty of serendipity of just being there and being open and then having these beautiful things happen. And we could we could tell probably countless stories about it and just a really beautiful experience and wonderful things happened that we could have never planned or even uh, hoped to have happen. So it was, it was really cool. And, you know, Cameron and I got to know each other a little bit and two, two interesting things. Number one, Cameron's birthday happened while we were over (laughs) there. And so we, I got to surprise him for his birthday. We were actually out to lunch with a few colleagues in Singapore. We were eating this amazing Peking duck. And then afterwards they came out and brought uh, dessert for Cameron and we all got to sing for Cameron and surprise him. So that was really fun. And then the other thing that we learned is that, so you guys are familiar with the Chinese Zodiac, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit. It, okay. More, more or less, right? Yeah. Um, it's a 12 year cycle. And the different years of the Zodiac are represented by animals. And I don't know really much more than that, but in our Singapore office, because as you know, you know, many people in Singapore, um, have Chinese heritage. Um, it's one of the, the major ethnic groups and languages represented in Singapore and in the Singapore office, in the kitchen area, they have these little porcelain figurines representing all 12 of the the animals of the Chinese Zodiac. Mm -hmm. And we were in there in the office and we met this really wonderful woman in Florence. She is the workplace services person for the Singapore office. And she's really a legend of service now. I mean, she's been in the company for eight years. And before she actually had a broader responsibility and she was responsible for workplace services in all of Asia Pacific. And so Florence, who's now uh, in her 60s and getting ready to retire in May, was responsible for opening nearly any office you can think of in APJ, Tokyo mm-hmm. or Melbourne or Hyderabad, the original office in Hyderabad, and of course, Singapore and you know all these other offices. And just like an amazing woman. But anyways, we're sitting there chatting with her and just getting to know her and the office and how things work in Singapore. And we saw those figurines and we're asking about them. And she said, Hey, what, what, uh, what zodiac symbol are you, Robert? I said, Oh, I'm not sure. I think I'm the goat. 
And she said, well, what year were you born? And I told her and she said, yeah, you're, you're a goat. And she said, well, what about you, Cameron? And he's like, oh, I, I really don't know. And she asked what year he was born and he told her, she said, you're also a goat. And so Cameron and I are the same Chinese zodiac symbol. We're one cycle apart. We're 12 years apart. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> I'll have you to bet. revisit the metaphysics of this whole zodiac thing because there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And then every time I hear goat now, I just think greatest of all time. So that's a pretty good symbol to have. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. even better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so are you showing people kind of in their work context and then also their personal lives, hobbies, families, other things they do, or like what, what's the range of kind of what you're showing? Yeah. So, you know, we have like, in some cases we're sitting down with somebody in the office and kind of recording an interview more or less, although mm -hmm. it's similar to this podcast in the sense that I rarely have baked questions that I'm definitely going to ask. It's just more of following the conversation and getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. um, so like a, a great example from Singapore um, is our colleague, Neo. And Neo is a part of um, DT, formerly IT. I learned that in Singapore, by the way, to stop calling it IT and start calling it DT for digital technology. Mm -hmm. um, but Neo is somebody we met just as we were walking around the office. We didn't have any advanced plans to spend time with him. And as we started talking to him, we realized like this guy is like a uh, a font of information about, you know, Singapore history and civics. And he really mm -hmm. taught us a lot about, you know, what it means to be Singaporean and what, how things work in Singapore. It's, you know, if you know anything about Singapore, you know, it's kind of a, a fascinating system of governance that is very different from, you know, the American system. Uh, but it's, is a very functional place. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't have deep insights into how things work there. I just know that it seems to work very well for Singapore. And he helped us understand that. And so we sat in the office and recorded with him. And we didn't really talk a lot about, you know, what he does for his day job. Maybe there's a little bit of that. But we we talked more about life in Singapore. And then we also spent um, one or two different days out with him where we he he took us around and showed us different neighborhoods and talked about the the history of some of the places that we went and we got to kind of see that life in Singapore lesson that he taught us while we're sitting down talking in the office come to life while we're out in the streets. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of stuff like that. Hey, this is Robert and you've been listening to this episode for a while. We keep talking about this video, but you don't know what it looks like. You can go out to www.ourworldourwork.com and you can find it there. Just to be sure, O-U-R-W-O-R-L-D, O-U-R-W-O-R-K.com is where you can find it. And uh, for now, I'll take you back to the conversation with Nick and Amy. You know, another another fun thing that happened, and, and actually, Cameron, this is going to be this is going to be where I get you where I get you on tape talking about what we what we didn't pick up on the recording while we were in Singapore. We were walking to our first Hawker Center experience in Singapore. Do you guys know what a Hawker Center is? No, I don't. No. The Hawker Centers are big food courts is the simple way to describe them. Mm -hmm. And at some point 
the Singapore government decided we don't want a bunch of folks out, you know, with food carts and small food stalls in the street. You know, in, in Southeast Asia, there's a big street food culture in most places, right? But you do not see that in Singapore. And that's because the government decided they weren't going to allow that. So they consolidated um, all of that activity into these hawker centers. And for someone like me, it's kind of like going to heaven. I don't know <laughs> how else to describe it. Um, you, you, so you walk into this kind of usually um, open air kind of place with a roof over it uh, that has 20, 30 different food stalls, small little food stalls, each one with their specialty item that they sell. Everything from fresh juices to, you know, some specialty chicken dish to this amazing, you know, fragrant noodle soup with who knows what in it, um, roast duck. It could be anything. And that's what a hawker center is. And so we were, we were on our way to have our first meal at a hawker center, which was spectacular. Um, and I decided to turn the camera on Cameron, which by the way, a funny thing that happened a couple of times on the trip. Um, especially when we were in India is I would say either cameraman or I would say Cameron and people would confuse the two. Like they thought his <laughs> name was cameraman or, yes. or they thought when I was saying Cameron, I was saying cameraman, um, which is, it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing, Cameron, that your, your name sounds like cameraman, given the, the story that you're about to tell here. Well, it's very um, serendipitous or very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Your parents, your, your parents were thinking ahead. Um, but I, I decided to turn the camera on him and I really didn't know the answer to this question, but I basically said, how did you get into videography? When, when did this all start? So tell us the story, Cameron. Well, I mean, uh, it's sort of, I guess I fell into it through osmosis ever since I can remember my parents have been AV fanatics. They had a video camera and I'm sure a lot of people are, have similar experiences, my generation filming everything, taking photos of everything. So <laughs> we've always been around basically video camera stuff. So, and, mm -hmm. and when I, when they weren't looking, I would grab it and make my own videos, which I'm sure they're, they weren't super thrilled about, but <laughs> I was just sort of, yeah, just, I just kind of fell into it and made little films, you know, just burned a bunch of tape. And, um, I also really loved music and, uh, there's evidence of that in our house currently with all the smashed CD discs and like scratch CDs everywhere. I was just, so, so there's kind of two things I was immersed in when I was young that kind of came together into like, well, when I was thinking like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And it just, it just felt like a natural progression. Like I, I, I sort of learned to think visually and learned to, to think audibly too. Like, what is this? scene sound like what does it feel like um how to how, how to connect things visually to tell a story uh i've just sort of been doing that since before i can remember so um yeah that's basically the short version of it um hopefully it comes through on in these videos <laughs> i think it does it's super exciting putting these things together because it's like i I never left, you know, mm -hmm. like it, I get to relive all these moments and there's a weird detachment that you have. Like when you're, when you're filming these kinds of things, you, you sort of, you have to stay one step removed, mm -hmm. um, to see things 
as uh, as the audience in a way yeah. and, 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 and point the camera in the right direction and, um, and, and capture things just from sort of different point of view. And then when you get into the edit bay, you get to relive all those moments and then you rediscover uh, the experience in a totally awesome way. Um, and you get to pull out all the moments that you, you didn't, you missed because you, uh, you know, you're busy focusing on the visual elements and a lot of the technical side too, because we're kind of running and gunning. So it, yeah, it's like, I never left. I've been immersed in all the footage and all of the moments since I got back. And, mm-hmm. um, that's a cool, it's, it's a cool, uh, feature of my role in the, in this post-production phase. So Yeah. That's cool. I can, I totally relate to what you're saying. Like when I, I notice in family events or whatever, or my kids' sporting events, if I'm videoing it, I'm experiencing it very differently than if mm. I'm not videoing it. And sometimes I'll even like look next to the video, you know, like look around yeah. it to see what it really happening and then go back to filming it. And I'm always feeling conflicted because I want to capture the moment, but yeah, I'm not experiencing it the same way if I'm filming it. Yeah. There's definitely a trade off there, right? But mm-hmm. then at the same time, the, the the upside is you can now get to relive. Yeah, you, that you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and all the elements you can add into it later, uh, you know, the audio component, the music, you can pull through the the feeling you had when you had that experience with other elements that don't exist in, you know, an everyday life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a really cool puzzle to put together. Just these projects in general, there's just a cool uh, technical complexity. Like, how do you just, how do you work with all of these, this, you know, 10 terabytes of footage and, and how do you put it together? These, these, you know, uh, compression waves and, and photons, right? These pixels, mm-hmm. how do you arrange these things in a way that's going to elicit a, an emotion, the emotional response you had when you were in the moment and, and mm-hmm. communicate that to people and. And uh, that's a really cool, that's a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the, the, to me, the thing about video production is you, you just hit the nail on the head. Like you can, you can engage people in a way that frankly, even they don't see coming. You mm. know, it, it, it's, it's, I've always been amazed in particular at, um, at what, uh, what scoring does. Mm. in in motion pictures mm. um you know like how a simple act of layering in you know music on top of something that's been put together the way you described it and it it, it it just adds so much and i think that's exactly what you're talking about yeah totally the audible element is almost more important than the visuals because i think what you hear is almost visual in a way you know when you listen to a song your great song it has a cinematic uh, visual component to it. It plays in your mind mm-hmm. um, visually, and you can you can almost see the song when you provide visuals uh, to go on top of that. It it yeah, the, the combination is much more than the sum of its parts, and and then the absence of of music too, letting events kind of detonate in front of you without sort of telling people how to feel or, or giving people a cue of mm-hmm. how to feel it's mm-hmm. pulling back is almost as important as, as adding. Mm-hmm. I, I heard an interesting analogy on this too, and it was called shark music. And it was in reference to the movie Jaws 
and that they ran tests on audiences uh, with or without the music. And <laughs> without the music, people didn't get scared because there was no suspense. And like you said, they weren't being informed on how to feel about it. Mm. So if you saw a woman swimming, you're like, okay, yeah, woman swimming. But when you add the music, you're like, uh-oh, something's coming. This is mm. not going to be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it totally created this incredibly tense moment and, you know, uh, very memorable scene, right? And without the audio, it, it was just kind of a non-event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Williams is, he's he's pretty good. He's, <laughs> he's kind of good. He's, he's pretty good. Okay. He's okay. He's He'll okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's what I like to tell uh, people don't know that the first score uh, for Star Wars, uh, George Lucas's first uh, Star Wars films, he just layered in classical music, uh, you know, uncopyrighted classical music over the top. And that was going to be the score for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh, just like, oh my God, that would have been devastating if, if he hadn't, <laughs> if somebody on his team hadn't said, hey, you know, I know this guy, John. Uh-huh. And he's pretty good. You know, he does his, you know, music thing. And you give him a shot and see what he can do. Like, could you imagine what Star, uh. Star Wars would be like without that epic? I mean, granted, it is a little bit of a ripoff of, of Holst. But like, I mean, you, you just, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't even mm-hmm. be close. Okay, so you're setting up awfully high standards now for what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's reel all this back you know uh john williams george lucas anthony bourdain let's just let's let's reel all this back a little bit um i i will thank you thank you for uh sharing that cameron and you know cameron and i talk a lot offline um about the podcast and obviously having traveled together for a couple of weeks we've, we've talked a whole lot so he always, he always goes deep so coming back to anthony bourdain though i i i appreciate you know that that's a, that's a very clear touchstone to at least some of the spirit of what we want to bring to this. He's somebody that I have a lot of um, admiration and respect for, and at the same time, you know, terribly tragic how that darkness that you talked about manifested. Um, and I saw the you know the documentary when it was out in theaters, Roadrunner, and it, it was amazing. And it was it was also kind of a, a study in in human grief, but it did bring back sort of what made what made it magic you know the, the way that he did things and it's just being there letting things happen i'm sure they had all kinds of you know uh production and and fixers to make some of those things happen but it feels like you're just there and things are happening and you're you're getting to see people uh as they are and then there's an enormous sense of curiosity i, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what mm-hmm. drove what he did and it's something that's a big part of who I am. I'm just very, very curious about the world. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about the new video series. We would love to have you check it out. You can find it at ourworldourwork.com. I want to send out a huge thank you to our colleagues around the world who made this series possible. To the folks in India, and in Singapore, in Germany, and the Netherlands, and especially to the team in Mexico who helped me to bring this idea to life. And your content is coming soon. I'm really excited to share that with folks as well. Inside Work is brought to you by ServiceNow and is hosted by Nick, Amy, and me, Robert. Our audio engineer is Cameron. We'll be back again soon with another episode of Inside Work, where we talk about being human at work.